What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guest on this week's episode of the podcast has done some really big things in real estate in a pretty short amount of time. Andrew has taken his first investment of a one-bedroom condo in Boston and turned it into three more real estate deals. And still has the condo. This two-part interview was filled with a phenomenal real estate story with tons of incredible tips. In part one of this episode, we chat about some of the noteworthy things that he has done so far, as well as taking control of your financial life, leveraging equity to fund future projects, investing in the path of progress, and so much more. There was a bunch of absolutely golden info in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 51 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we get the great pleasure of talking to Andrew Freed, a Worcester, Massachusetts-based real estate investor and a project manager for a research organization called Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard. What's going on, Andrew? How's things going, man? What is new? Hey, Kyle. Things are going fantastic. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast, and I hope I can help educate and inspire some investors out there. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine, man. I'm very excited to have you on. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So if we could just kind of jump into things, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, kind of what you do, what got you into real estate, your backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your lovely yeah. beach behind you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this is what I visualize my life to be in 10 years. This is a piece of my vision board. So I thought it reflected in the back. Um, but my story really starts off as, you know, a child. Like I always loved playing Monopoly. I always loved accumulating property. And, you know, as a child, I always ended up beating all of my parents, right? In in Monopoly. And, you know, I had a simple strategy, you know, buy everything. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Like life is very similar to that strategy. Yeah. Uh, But just going back to my childhood, you know, I always wanted to, I always told my parents I wanted to be rich, but Realistically, what I truly wanted at a subconscious level was I wanted control of my time and I wanted to determine how my future will be. Um, and I really did that at a young age. But, you know, growing up, you know, you have people's um, expectations on you and you want to make your friends and family as happy as possible. Yeah. So I really went the traditional route uh, of just getting a W 2 job, you know, working. Um, going for retirement. You know, I, I went to UMass Amherst. I got uh, a bachelor's degree in uh, management in English. And from there, I got a really traditional job at, at Blue Cross Blue Shield in Massachusetts. There, you know, I, I always heard, you know, you got to get more education. The more education you get, the more money you can receive, right? So I ended up getting my master's in, in what they call research administration, which is like, it's a form of project management for research projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I sent it through the ranks. I worked at a couple different organizations and it ended up uh, obtaining a, uh, a role at Jocelyn Diabetes, uh, I'm sorry, 
at the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard, I used to work at Jocelyn, uh, as a project manager uh, of a portfolio of research projects. I'm really kind of the finance guy, yeah. uh, more or less. But, you know, in the process of really going after the American dream, as you call it, you know, I came to realize once I've ascended to a, a moderately successful role, you know, I realized I was just in the same boat as everybody else. You know, um, saving for retirement, planning on retiring at 65, you know, living in, you know, the fear of, um, you know, losing my job. You know, every single day I had to go to my job. I knew if I didn't go to my job, I wouldn't get a, a continuous source of income and I wouldn't be able to live, you know? Um, so I really lived in a state of fear. Like I always wanted to keep the job. I always wanted to keep them happy. You know, and then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, and this entire realization happened where it's like, you know, I realized that, you know, I only have one life to live. You know, when I'm on my deathbed, do I really want to look back at life and, and regret the decisions that I've made? Um, so, you know, rather than, so the, the, the path that I really decided to take was, you know, I'm just going to go all in on, on, on trying to achieve the dreams and the passions that I want. Um, worst case scenario, I retired at 65 like everybody else, you know? So it, it seemed to me like a win-win. You know, I could either give this a shot and fail and just do what everybody else does or not give it a shot and still retire at 65. Yeah. Um, so from the period of 2011 to 2020, I, I purchased a one-bedroom condo. Um, at the advice of you know my family and friends, um, I really shot under my budget um, and bought a two hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollar seven hundred sixty square foot one bedroom condo in Boston. It was very below my means, but I never liked owing anybody money. I never liked being that. So you know, I, I bought that in two thousand fifteen. I just continued to work, just put money in my four hundred and one k, just put money in my brokerage. Never really looked at it, right? Then I realized, then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, and I realized, you know, you know, if I want to really go after what I'm passionate about uh, and really achieve financial freedom and really determine how I decide how my time is, is spent, um, I need to really just, you know, go at it. So I looked at my, you know, I looked at my net worth and I was like, oh crap, 70% of my net worth is in real estate. This has got to be pretty, pretty damn good investment vehicle, right? Yeah. Um, so what I ended, what I decided to do is I took a, a home line of credit um, on my one bedroom condo, which appreciated greatly, almost doubled in value, um, and I leveraged those funds to purchase my next three real estate deals. Um, and that was during COVID, um, and now uh, I've amassed about uh, eight rental units. That's crazy! In less than two years. Well, in, in uh, <laughs> one year, well, Mark, like, I started, I started educating myself in real estate during COVID. Yeah. Uh, and then I closed on my first multifamily December, 2020 via house hack. I, I used an FHA loan, uh, 3.5% down. I used about 40,000 for my line of credit to purchase that lived in the top unit, rented out the other two. Um, and then at that point, um, uh, really, um, smart investor presented a syndication opportunity to me, which is a, a syndication is you're essentially buying a stake in a larger deal, like an apartment building. Mm -hmm. So I, I 
buying 1% of an apartment building for $65,000, use uh, some money from my home line of credit again. Um, and then come around May, um, I heard through the grapevine that the person, uh, my neighbor was selling his house literally right across the road. Like literally, I look, I look at my window, it's right there. Yeah. So I met him and he told me what he wanted. I walked through all the units, all the systems were in great shape. Uh, all the units were under market value. Um, I saw a value add opportunity. So I, I offered uh, essentially what he asked um, and he agreed. So I closed on that in July uh, uh, 22nd um, and that pushed me up to around eight units. So I, I have one unit in Boston that I rent my, my first primary residence. I have two units in my current house stack and I live in the third and I, I live for free. And then I have three more additional units in uh, the multifamily uh, right across the road that I closed in July. And then I have like one or one and a half units in that syndication, essentially. Nice. That's awesome, man. That, that's quite the story in such a short amount of time, you know? So with that original condo, I was just trying to figure that out. Did you pay cash for it? Or like, did you put down like 20% or something? Like, did that kind of have to be a primary residence? So, I, you know, I lived in the, the mirage like everybody else, where you need 20% yeah. to buy a house, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I ended up uh, putting 20% down on that home. I yep. did not have 20%. Uh, my, my father was very nice to gift me $20,000. Um, and he also gave me a $15,000 loan. Yeah. Um, and covered the rest. Um, so I was very fortunate to have friends and family support me. Yeah, yeah. To- ever uh but i did put 20 percent down on that mm-hmm. property that's crazy man like that it appreciated that much too you know and then like you were just able to draw off that like a couple times mm-hmm. and yeah yeah i mean and I, I think that really goes to show you that you know when you're investing you really want to invest in the path of progress like yeah. i sit in dorchester right near the southie line um so there was so much development going on. And right around the corner, there's this complex called Doplock where it was in development. I think they put like 500 units up, like right around the corner um, at, you know, South Bay in Boston. Are you familiar with South Bay? That huge complex. They put a bunch of uh, really nice uh, restaurants there um, and a bunch of condos as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just the importance of you got to buy not where you want to live, but where you will want to live in yeah. five years, right? Exactly. And it was clearly that line. I mean, Southie used to, nobody used to want to live in South ever. Like 10 years ago, nobody, 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> live in South. Look at Southie now, you know, one two-bedroom condo is selling for a million dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. Dorchester is right next door. So you, so like living in the market, being, you know, in the city, you can clearly see the opportunity. Um so that's kind of I, that's kind of why I really decided to invest in that. And you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to take all the credit. You know, my brother um, is an architect. He actually uh, colonizes building. He works with a lot of developers, and he told me, like, you know, this is the area to invest in. Like, this is where yeah. all developers. <laughs> so I'm like, why why create my own? You know, why create my own uh, map when a map's already created for me? Right? Yeah. So, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest benefits of real estate is it's such um, a large industry that people, that there's a proven track record 
and proven strategies that work. You don't have to start off at square one. You can rinse and repeat. You can copy other strategies and be 100% successful in this, in this industry, yeah. uh, which, is, which is a lot different than other industries um, that I've been a part of. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like for a lot of stuff, you exactly, you know, you don't really have to reinvent the wheel, you know I mean? Besides, you know, kind of putting your own spin on things and everything and, but taking like those same general concepts that have worked for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, and like, it's probably still going to work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, the power of real estate, I mean, real estate has been the most powerful investment vehicle in history everybody has there has been wars for land right so in my opinion why wouldn't the value of land be more valuable in the future um you know with human population constantly growing there's going to be less land per person right so human population continues to grow each piece each parcel is going to be more valuable in the long run so that's kind of the primary reason why i got into real estate and I'm a buy and hold investor. You know, I don't plan on selling any of my property. Or if I do sell, I will 1031 it into another property and hold the property until I die. Mm-hmm. Keep trading up. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know? the craziest concept in the world, man. Like just like watching, uh, you know, some other people just keep trading up properties. You know, and like exactly, you know, kind of like you did, you know, like you buy that that first condo, you know, like not thinking anything for like investment wise, but you find out, you know, you could take the HELOC off of that, you know, trade it up to like two more, uh, like three and four families or something, and then be able to draw off of those as well. And then, you know, like you said, like if you wanted to one day, you know, liquidate the two of those and get like, I don't know, an eight or a 10 family or something. You know, and like it's the principle is is just insane, you know, just to keep like constantly just be trading up and it's unbelievable. I like it's probably the only real asset class that's like that, you know, like it, it, real estate's so unique, man, like it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I don't know if the creators of Monopoly were real estate investors, but the game <laughs> is very similar to real estate investors. Yeah. You buy four houses and you trade up to a hotel. Exactly. Ten thirty one, right? <laughs> it's ten thirty one, but it's ten thirty one. Yeah. You know. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think life is quite simple in, in obtaining financial freedom is obtain profitable real estate and hold it. You know, yeah. it's that simple. And wealth is not built in the long, in the short game, it's built in the long game. You know, I literally bought that condo, kept my head down, had a decent saving rate, looked up 10 years later, five, 10 years later and realized, oh crap, I'm sitting on $200,000 of equity. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people see me, you know, I bought three, four properties in one year, but that's, that's not the case. You know, I built up to be able to do that over a 10 year period of saving and spending wisely, you know, um, and then all of that accumulation uh, of hard work resulted in the opportunity to allow me to purchase these many properties. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's a progression, you know, and just going back to that point, you know, it's all about just daily consistency, all about just every day, try to be a little better version of yourself every day, 
read, every day learn, every day try to amass as much information you can as possible because, you know, the power of your mind can determine whether, you know, you live under a bridge or whether you live in Miami, you know? Exactly. It's so true, man. It really is. And like just a little point that I want to touch on a minute ago, I've always kind of wanted to play a game of Monopoly with just real estate investors to kind of see mm-hmm. like, you know, how that would go over. I feel like that would be very entertaining. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely right. You and know? I, I guarantee all the real estate investors would be investing in the best ROI properties. Yeah. Investing in the orange, right? Yeah. The orange, or um, maybe the blue. You know, you can get cheap hotels and a decent return, right? Everybody's um, like clashing strategies on the same board, man. You know, it, that's that's definitely going on my bucket list. I want to do that at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be real cool. It'd be really, really cool. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, Andrew, what's kind of your, your drive and your vision, you know, for the long term? So, what my vision is, Essentially, I want to um, obtain 10 multifamilies Mm -hmm. in 10 years through house hacking. Um, So my plan to do that is buy a a house uh, via FHA loan, 3.5% down, um, refinance out after a year, and reutilize that FHA loan again. Um, So that's kind of my long-term goal. And at the end of 10 years, I'll have 30 units probably have four or $5 million in real estate property. Um, and at that point, I should be achieving financial freedom. I mean, I don't live a, a lavish dollars a month. So that's yeah. easily obtainable uh, with, thir- with uh, 30 units or, or 10 properties. Um, so that's kind of my ultimate uh, vision. And, and really kind of my, my why on why I do this is, you know, I really want... Um, the time um, and the opportunity to build authentic relationships with my friends and family, um, travel the world. And, you know, and my ultimate goal is to teach the world um, the power of financial literacy. I mean, each of us has the ability to obtain financial freedom. The only thing holding us back are our self-limitating beliefs. Um, So, you know, I just want to show people it is possible, you know, and, and, you know, and I, I truly get pleasure in teaching others. Um, and I feel like that's really a valuable thing to teach the world. hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, actually just finished, um, a book called limitless by Jim quick. Mm. It's uh highly recommended. It's a big like mindset book. And Jim it quick. talked a lot about those like self-limiting beliefs And like, Mm -hmm. it really is crazy, like how true that is, you know, Mm -hmm. like just, you know, using your brain and like the, Mm -hmm. like staying motivated and like, you know, getting rid of those, like, I can't statements and saying like, oh, you know, instead of like, oh, I can't do this. It's like, oh, well, I haven't found out a way to figure that out yet. You know, and like, Mm -hmm. just kind of, it's so crazy. Like the human brain is just, it's unbelievable. You know, and like you said, you know, like it's, a lot of it is mindset, you know, like some people might not have it and aren't really doing so hot and other people are sitting on a beach <laughs> on a zoom call, you know, and like, you're right, you know, especially with the amount of information that's constantly out there 
to just be digested like for free you know whether it's like the bigger pockets podcast or you know like all kinds of books um you know just networking and talking with all kinds of people like all the information is there you know it, it's just like going out to you know those events and stuff and saying like oh you know like i can i can learn this i can you know other people are doing this why can't i you know and then like just kind of take an action on it and i feel like it really is just like a big mindset game you know and like get people that are like-minded together and like you know you have a bunch of minds working together doing some really crazy stuff and it's just i feel like it's just a, a big game you know a big mindset yeah. game yeah i mean to your point i mean you know um life is um all about mindset and you know the big aha moment for me um after i read rich dad poor dad and i saw started self-educating was you know, we have a limited amount of thoughts yeah. in life, right? It's, it's actually our life's currency. So, you know, when you see yourself ruminating about negative things, ruminating about work after work hours, not thinking about productive topics that could advance your goals, you're literally giving away your life force to negative activity, right? Like, and, and the big life changer for me was, you know, prior to reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, I realized I ruminated on a lot of negative things. I ruminated on why I can't. I ruminated on fear, you know? And once I came to that realization that, that was, that's what I was doing, I actively chose not to do that. And, mm-hmm. and look at me and behold, my life just suddenly started, I, I started achieving the dreams that I wanted, you know? I started obtaining all the real estate I wanted. I started getting multiple promotions at my job. You know, I didn't do anything different. I've been doing the same exact work. It was just a mindset shift. And funny, the universe can sense that and they they give you in return what you want. It's that simple. You know, like this earth is is yours for the taking. The, the question is, can you imagine the reality that you want to live in? Can you act on it? And if the answer is yes, you will achieve what you want. And the answer is, if the answer is no, you will go through the rat race and hopefully retire at 65 uh, healthy and maybe have 10, 20 years, hopefully 30 years uh, of a life to live. But that's that point, you know, you've already lived your best life, you know, I would rather try to live my best life now than when I am retired, you know, 30 years from now. Of course. Yeah. You know, and like to your point as well, you know, not to kind of take like a dog note, I guess, but who's to say, you know, like you go through your entire life, you get to 65, you're like, yeah, you know, fantastic. I can retire and everything, you know, from like this miserable job that you've been working, literally like just to put food on the table and everything, you know, like just the traditional um, type of lifestyle. The day you hit 65, what if there was like, you know, you had this big health crisis? You know, like, what if you had a heart attack or like, you know, you got cancer or something, you know, like for what, you know what I mean? Like you, you just lived, you know, a solid percentage of your life all the way to the point that, you know, you're supposed to start living it, you know, by kind of the standards. And now you literally can't do that anymore. You know, so like, when are you supposed to enjoy it if you don't find out a way to live it much earlier, you know, because you don't know, you know, it's. You never know. You don't know. And you don't want to live in, in a life of regret. Yeah. You know? 
Like, you really don't. You want to live the life uh, that you think you can live. And, and if you can't achieve it, at least you try, you know? Like, exactly. if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I lived a happy life. You know, I'm not sad at any moment because I went after what I wanted, Yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, prior to going after real estate, I I couldn't say that. If I got hit by a bus, there's, there's stuff I left on the table. Exactly. You know? Yep. Uh, so it's just about living, not living a life of regret and not letting failure determine you, you know, like failure is only occurs when you give up. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing that I, I kind of picked up from that book too. That, that really hit me hard, man. It was like not letting failure control you instead, just kind of you know, like taking it as it lies, take it as a lesson. And then, you know, just kind of keep moving, um, you know, having that, that lesson in mind, especially with something like real estate, you know, I mean, like every situation for the most part, is going to be a little bit different, Mm -hmm. you know, like every, like no two transactions are going to be exactly the same, Mm -hmm. you know? So like just the, and things always aren't going to go in your favor, you know? So like just the, you know, kind of constantly always be adapting, you know, to some of those situations that happen and be like, Hey, you know, this, this, and this happened next time, you know, I know that's coming up. So like I'll ask this person, this, and, you know, just kind of always be in that like adaptive type of state, you know, to, to just kind of counter a lot of that stuff as it comes up, you know? And yeah. <laughs> Failure is a blessing. It is. You know? I, don't, I don't know about you, but whenever I've, I've worked at previous jobs that I've made a mistake yep. and was caught. I assure you, I did not make that mistake again. I remember I made that mistake and I corrected it. Exactly. In the future. Uh, you know, failure is absolutely a, a blessing. And, you know, and I honestly, I love failure because it just pushes me, my fire that much harder. When somebody tells me, no, when somebody tells me I can't do it, I say, oh, oh, you don't think I could do it? <laughs> watch me. Exactly. Watch me. Yep. Watch me. You know, and I, I love it. You know, I love when I get told no, told no. It just it just lights a fire in me to, you know, tell people to show people I can't get it done. Exactly. So, it gets you going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you really got to have that mentality. I mean, in real estate, you really are. You really shouldn't accept no as an answer. Yeah. You know, because there's always a way to a yes. And it's that simple. There is always a way to a yes. Exactly. You, you hear it all the time too, you know, like nine lenders told me no, but that last one that I went to, I got that one. Yes. you like, you hear the story like all the time, you know, yeah, or like, yeah. you know, I cold called those like 99 people, you know, got told to go pound sand, you know, told to screw, take me off your list. But that one person, that one person at the very end, you know, it, like, that's all it is. You know, it's, uh, just getting that that one yes, you know, and not taking yeah. that answer. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, you you hear of all the great the great achievements that I've made, but you don't hear any of my failures, right? I've had failures to get to this point. Of I course. mean, like for instance, you know, I um I'm very bullish on the Austin market. I think that market is 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 getting ready to to jump. I mean, they have a bunch of tech jobs over there. Beautiful climate, very tax friendly. It's mm-hmm. a really, really market you know so when i was getting in real estate investing i was all about that market i really wanted to do long distance investing yeah. thankfully some i had some feet on the ground my father retired in austin so he could really kind of facilitate the deal while i you know 
um, from, from over here. He could really vet it, deal, work with the agent, deal with contractors, do all that stuff. Um, so I started putting in a bunch of offers on some properties in Austin, Texas. You know, I ended up getting a property um, under contract um, in Austin, a, a single family, four bedroom, three bath. It was almost as a value add. It was like a five bedroom, three bath. I was actually going to do a rent by the room model mm-hmm. uh, out there. So I got under contract. House was constructed in 2017. During the due diligence process, we come to realize the whole foundation is falling apart. Right. And I'm like, my thought is this house was made in 2017. The foundation's falling apart. <laughs> Else is falling apart. We got bigger problems here. <laughs> but but the downside was, hey, you know, I'm in this, I'm in the deal for two grand already. I mean, there's this thing called an option fee in Austin, Texas that requires you to put money up front and just non-refundable deposits. So I put about 12, 13 bucks up front. Yeah. And that's just an, it's just an Austin uh, general practice. Yeah. Um, and then I paid for an inspection on top of that. And then I had to pay for a structural contractor to come out and actually look at the foundation. Right. So yeah, I was about $2,000 in the hole, yeah. but you know, after I, you know, I really thought about it, you know, I decided to actually walk away from the deal, but you know, you might think, Oh, you know, he lost 2000 now, but no, I, I got a college course on due diligence. I got a college course on, you know, understanding, you know, if the deal doesn't work during the due diligence process back out. Yeah. That's it. I mean, the whole point of the due diligence process is to find out unknowns. I mean, there are about $50,000 worth of work of unknown work that I was not aware of. So the numbers just didn't make sense at that point. You know, it was better to walk away with a two grand loss, to walk away with, you know, a a $300,000 house, you know, with 50K worth of work, worth 300,000, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, that just goes to show you, you know, Many people after that instance, they'd be like, no, real estate investing is not for me. It's so risky. I don't want to put any money back in. I'll lose more money. But no, that didn't deter me. I, I still push and I use that as a learning uh, example. And I completed two deals after that. Right? Hell yeah. Exactly, man. I know the guys on Bigger Pockets refer to it as tuition cost, like kind of like the cost of doing business. And like ever since yes. I heard it referred to that, I'm like, hell yeah. And like the way I look at it too, man, like there was, um, I had, I forget if we were talking about it before, but I'll kind of say it again, like really shortly. Um, but there was a three family in Lowell that I had under contracts, uh, like a month, two months ago, something like that at the very top of my price range. And I pay for the inspection, which I think it was like six, uh, 600 bucks, 700 bucks, something like that. It was a little pricey. And I realized literally like right when I got out of my car, you know, my inspector was already going around checking stuff out. He's like, Kyle, he's like, this is going to be a big report. I'm like, lovely. (laughs) So, you know, we're walking through, we're, you know, going through everything and uh, we go into the basement and there was joists where uh, like the wind, the cavities are at like the top of a foundation where the windows are that were literally hanging off of where they were supposed to sit by a good like inch and a half to two inches. So like the whole part of the building was just kind of sagging there. And I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) you know, I could just see the dollar signs and like, you know, there was a bunch more stuff with that building as well, you know, and like the building was full. So for me to own or occupy it, I would have had to kick somebody out and kind of based on what I saw for, tenants um i feel like it wouldn't have been that easy i'll leave it at that Mm -hmm. um 
you know, so I'm just kind of adding up while I'm walking through the inspection. I'm like, you know, to get a structural engineer in there to like fix, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, I'm like, I wouldn't even know where to start with something like this, you know, along with doing an eviction. And I'm already at the very, very top of my price range. I absolutely love the building, man. It was a three family on a corner lot, like three bedrooms in each unit. It was like a eight car driveway in Lowell, like absolutely blew me away. But I had to walk away from it because exactly to your point, I might've just opened up a huge can of worms and I was able to get out of it with just like the $700 inspection, you know, and the amount that I learned for $700 is worth way more than that money that I spent, you know? So it's, it's really yeah. comforting. That's the tuition cost, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, what's the alternative? You lose $700 or you gain a deteriorating asset exactly six hundred thousand. yeah <laughs> it's like it's not much of a it's not much of a uh a scale to measure against right exactly but to your point i mean you made a really smart decision i mean i always recommend to any new investor like run away from issues with your foundation yeah uh, it's just the when it comes to properties and foundations you know that's the thing holding up the property so if you do any adjustments even if you raise it all of the piping's going to get thrown off. All of the walls going to get thrown off. The entire structure's got to move. So yeah. because you fix the foundation, that, that's going to result in more fixes on drywall, on piping, you know? So it's, it's a lot, you know? And it's yeah. not something that a new investor should really dive into. Maybe if you have 10, 15 deals under your belt, that's something that you can explore. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I just don't want new investors to get uh, a money pit deal. Their first deal just gets scared, uh, scared away from real estate forever. You know, exactly. and I, like, with those foundation issues, like if you had to deal with the foundation issue and the eviction, and what if your, one of your furnace goes, right? Exactly. 30, 40 grand, you know, that in the hole, when you're already at the top of your price range, you probably I don't have it, <laughs> you know? <right>? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, honestly, that was definitely the right decision. But to your point, I mean, you've gained so much knowledge for seven hundred dollars, like invaluable. Even, even something really small, man. Like, uh, you know, I I walked around with my inspector on, you know, a couple inspections before this, you know, just from like going with them and stuff. But one thing that just clicked for me when I was walking through that house in Lowell was he had like one of those, uh, like the small like non-contact voltage testers. So like you can just put it on like the outside of a wire and like it'll tell you if it's live or not. And like something clicked in my mind. I'm like, I really want to get one of those because there was a little bit of knob and tube in there. And like sometimes with the knob and tube, it's I'm sure you can kind of attest to some degree, you know, like you can like try and track it as much as you want. But sometimes, you know, like it's going up through um, like the ceiling in the basement or it's going through walls or like it's it's a little hard to tell if it's live or not, you know, to see if it's tapped like right off of a panel. So like, I just kind of put the pieces together, like, whoa, you know, this guy's got one of these. I'm like, for myself, as well as, you know, like other people and clients and stuff, carry around one of these with a flashlight, you know, like they would normally carry around. If there's an oven tube that we're not too sure if it's live or it's just still, you know, hanging around, because that's just kind of how they left it. Put that tester up to it. And you know right away, you know now that's something that a bridge you might have to cross down the road if it's still live. If it's not, you're good. 
you know, just for, I felt like kind of that in itself was worth like the money that I uh, paid for the inspection. I'm going to be doing that the rest of the rest of my career. You know what I mean? Like yeah. carrying one of these things around and like, it sounds dumb, but like, to me, it just, I don't know. It, it's one of those things, you know, like I was making a list of like, you know, a lot of things that I was learning when I was walking through and for $700, I got out like a bandit, you know, thinking about it in, in a bigger picture way, you know, like it's just, it's the tuition cost, you know? Yeah, you, you walked through that whole property. He literally gave you an education 101 on what to look for on a property. Exactly. You, know, you literally walked through, you know exactly what red flag areas he looked for and yep. how to identify that for your clients and yourself moving forward. You know, I would, when it comes to home inspections, I would attend, I would attend the next 20 home inspections if I got offered an opportunity by a home inspector. I would shadow him for the next 20 because literally the knowledge you would gain from reviewing these properties would be invaluable in your Unbelievable. Yeah. career, you know? It's, it's really crazy, man. You know, even like the things that aren't bad, you know, like just, I know, you know, just from kind of walking through inspections, like with him and just, you know, going to showings and stuff, like you go into the basement, you know, like I'm looking at like the, uh, like the main beams that are going across and like, you know, if there's two of them like this, like where that beam is, if it's in the right spot. And like, it's just, it's all things that you pick up just from mm -hmm. like the inspections itself, man. You're right. It's, you learn so much during those. It's crazy. Like those guys are like so experienced and like, you know, you're going to see something different every time, you know, and then just start to pick off like some of those things, you know, like I, I forgot to mention when I first got to that house, I didn't even like bother to to see it i guess you could say when i went through for the showing but the outside walls of that building were literally like this and you could only see it from looking at the house like a certain way like looking at like you know where the corners meet to see that like the walls were like you know bent from the the roof all the way down to the basement you know and like next time you know i'm gonna be like oh that house looks a little crooked <laughs> you yeah. know like it, it sounds like common sense but i never now I was in that situation. Yeah, I had to walk away and lost like, I don't know, 800 bucks or whatever. But with all the knowledge, hell yeah, I'd do that again. You know, because you're going to have the knowledge forever. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, when you do these home inspections, every single time you pick up something new, yep. like, you know, you get to you pick up, you know, um, you know, whether there's cracks in the bean, you know, or whether, you know, some of these supporting beams, whether it's moist in the top, you know, maybe there's in from the side or, you know, um, if there's a lot of, if the, if the foundation is moist, maybe you see like a negative slope, right? Or maybe, you know, gutters in the property, right? Um, you know, that might scare people away. Um, you know, they might see, oh, water's getting in the basement, the foundation's crap, you know? But it just might simply be the house just needs gutters. The house just needs a positive slope, which like, realistically that's pretty low cost compared to other real estate fixes so going through these inspections really might give you a leg up you know you might actually uh situations that might scare a majority of buyers away but it doesn't scare you away because you know exactly how to fix it and you know that it's a very minimal cost right exactly uh, you know and like even asking why you know exactly like you said you know like if you got water in your basement all right you know, it might not be a foundation issue, but it could be, you know, because it's the, the ground is sloping towards the property. 
why how could you fix that like why is that water there bad gutters you know like it and it might not be that crazy you know but to a lot of other people out there you know that aren't kind of going through the motions of um i don't know like doing stuff or like you know maybe they're super new to everything like they're not going to see that through the same lens you know and like it, it might be a super simple fix that gets you a deal because you're totally cool with that and like three other people are scared off because they're like hell no like that's you know a much bigger thing than i think it is you know and yeah, just going through the motions i, I love buying real estate because that really dulls your fear you know you buy one it property, it's very scary you buy your second property it's not as scary you buy your third property it's not scary whatsoever like <laughs> i was very surprised on my third property after like signing the closing paper and leaving i felt absolutely nothing i'm like oh just another day yeah. <laughs> was the <laughs> rush <laughs> you know like was, i closed on a five thousand dollar asset just another day no big deal oh, yeah. but I'm telling you, like, the more you do it, the easier it gets, right? But the first time you do it is always going to be scary. You know, you're always going to think, you know, you know, if this deal falls through the cracks, I'm never going to get another deal. And that's simply never going to be the case. You know, the deals will flow as, as hard as you work to get the deals. That's simple. Exactly. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.